Hey, hey, what's going on guys? Welcome to NBA Unwrapped. This is your host, Perry Aston, joined by my co-host, Christian McGowan. What's going on, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? Joined by a very special guest today, Mike Schneid. What's going on, my man? Hey, how's everybody doing? Doing well, man. Thank you so much for joining us from Mike Drop Sports. Pleasure to have him tuning in from New York. We're over here in Los Angeles enjoying the weather. It's at M-S-S-C-H-N-E-I-D on Twitter. You can follow me at Perry Aston. You can follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. You can follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. Very exciting episode to get into. Before we do, wanted to remind you guys to listen to us still on SoundCloud. We are transitioning over to podcast.com right now, which the other podcasts that we have are currently on. So make sure to go check out podcast.com as well as the Apple Podcast app. We're also on the Pulse Podcast Network, so you can check them out on Twitter at Pulse Pod Network. I know Mike is on there as well, and he is joining our team down the line to help us out with college coverage. Him and Christian are going to hopefully be heading up the college, college fo- football and yeah. rap, so uh, that's going to be really going full head of steam next season. We'll be getting our off-season coverage and our website up in the next week or two for all of our new content articles have a one-stop shop for all of our podcasts for you to go to so exciting things in the works for us here at unwrapped for now let's just talk a little bit of nba some big news before we talk about john wall other stuff around the league dwight let's talk buttocks dwight howard and yes we're a couple days late on this but it's good there's this will never get old so i know we can talk about this. I actually made a Dwight Howard joke on the FFB podcast, the fantasy one this morning. I'm just not sure if it landed or not. Like, I don't think I don't because I didn't get a chuckle from the from the guest, but it just went over their head. It was funny as hell to me. So if you guys listen to my fantasy podcast, FFB Unwrapped, please check it out and be on the lookout for my Dwight Howard. Laugh at Perry's joke. There. Make him feel good. Just please, just laugh at my jokes, please. In uh, all seriousness, he is injured. Yeah, so he's actually going through surgery, so he's going to be out for the season with... Is he? Yes. Or is he just just embarrassed at this point? It's embarrassment, yes, but they're (laughs) calling it surgery, so I have to report it as the team calls it. It's technically labeled now as a lower lumbar injury, so a back injury is what It was like that? I guess. (laughs) It's what the surgery is required is to fix his back, but... He has been out for a long period of time of the season, especially in the beginning of the season, with a buttocks injury. So that had to do with an unknown <laughs> unknown events, I guess. But now some things have transpired. So we're going to talk about those. There was someone on Twitter, transgender female, was pretty much tweeting. Yeah, it was with, like a whole thread. Videos, pretty, there pretty was much tweets. But she was saying, I'm threatened by my life. I'm tweeting all this out now just in case anything happens to me. Like it seemed like she was trying to get it all out before she you know, got assassinated by Dwight Howard's team. I don't <laughs> even know what went down here. But I actually read this Pretty quickly, someone that I follow retweeted it very quickly, and it had like 200 and something retweets, so it didn't even blow up yet. And I read it and was like, that's weird. Even if it's not true, it's kind of funny, and it's still weird, and like I'm kind of down to bring that up. But I waited, like hesitated for five or ten minutes before tweeting out an NBA, and then I saw it hit like a thousand retweets, and I was like, all right, cool, sounds good. And so I just quoted it and said, I have no idea the legitimacy of this, and we can't confirm any of this, but we just wanted to share it. And pass along the information. And it got 
so much love from you guys. I love NBA Twitter so much. Just never change. That's what I want to start this podcast. Just a testament. I'm holding a glass right now and I'm holding it up to NBA Twitter because there's not one bit or section of Twitter that makes me laugh or is more fun to interact with on Twitter. So NBA goers, thank you guys for doing your thing. Hey, man. You got to agree on that, Mike, except for the 11-year-olds. You know me and you were talking about the 11-year-old burner accounts that, that are on there. They're hilarious. Those are the best ones. So with Dwight Howard, it pretty much transpired that he goes to sex parties to where he is going at it without protection, and she even went as far to call him Magic Johnson 2.0 which to us here in LA is also pretty funny. funny, It seemed that his pastor had a lot to do with this as part of his team who was harassing her and sending threats. There's one thing here. If you're gay, that's totally fine. Who are we to tell you how to live what's, your life? What's right, what's wrong, you know, especially in 2018. Right, what makes you happy is what makes you happy. Yeah, and with transgender and stuff, totally cool too. Like, of course, what we have a problem with here is being 7 foot tall, threatening people's lives and right. acting like you can get away with it and hide. Like, what is that? Like, there's no way right now that you're serious and you and a whole group of people are threatening this woman. Like, it's not going to get out. And she had phone messages. She had Instagram messages, recordings. This was a little more in-depth than I think a lot of people realized. I don't know if there is an investigation about this. I don't know if there's anything to investigate. Besides, it's obviously a police matter, but I'm talking mainly for the NBA. I have a question for you both. We'll start with you, Mike. How is he being received, do you think, in the Wizards locker room, in the NBA community, and how do you think this will help or hurt his career for whatever is left? Yeah, There's a lot of different ways to answer that. So you mentioned the 11-year-olds, the burner accounts, <laughs> but I think they're kind of going about this the wrong way because, like you said, if whatever Dwight Howard is into, right. cool. I mean, whatever makes him happy. I don't have a problem with that, and I know you guys don't. Of course. But it sounds like these 11-year-old burner accounts do have a problem right, with right, that. Right. So that's the first. So you know, the way he's being perceived is he's being mocked and laughed at. I think people are overlooking the threats and more of the serious right. manner of exactly. this and making more jokes. To me, that's a little bit concerning. Right. His career, his reputation was already on thin ice. I think everyone knows that he's a locker room killer. He's, people have called him a cancer in the locker room. So yeah. I don't think he's doing anything to help himself. Obviously, he's not been a factor at all on the court. This team is terrible, the Wizards. I'm very curious what happens in the future with him when he has to get another contract next year. I don't know if this is his last contract. It might be. How do you think it is in the Wizards locker room? Just with sexuality aside, anything like that. Just the drama that, of course, he's now brought to yet another team. And him now obviously not being on the court contributing. But now there's a lot more to this. What do you think is happening now in Washington? And do you think that there's any chance that he stays in Washington past this contract? I don't think he stays in Washington past the contract. I don't even know if he's at these games. So I don't know how much of a factor he's having in the locker room. I don't know how much buzz there is within the team. I do know that this team is in disarray. None of them like each other. Scott Brooks has paid $3 million a year not to coach, but to babysit. Um, Yeah, no, that's that's just another issue on top of everything. I don't think this Dwight Howard thing is having that much of an impact on the locker room because I think there are so many other issues with other players on this team that this is just on the bottom of the list. And the fact that he's not in the locker room right now 
it's easy to overlook it. Right. And I, again, go back to what we were saying. Let's talk just basketball with him. The last year, I believed he was starting to come back a little bit in regards to his skill-wise. And not that he has any place in the modern NBA with the type of player that he is. But he was filling up the stat sheet a little bit more last year than he was years prior. So for me, I thought that there was a little bit of a rejuvenation, not much, but that he was going to be able to continue almost like an Andre Drummond, you know? I think now this is as concerning to me is the health and the back injury, buttocks, you know, whatever you want to talk about, you're now going through surgery, you're not on the court, and now you're a liability again to yet another locker room. You know, if he hits the court again, I don't think he's going to be able to be effective. I agree that he was very good last year, and I actually thought he would be really good this year. I thought he was going to be a really good fit. He was just such a different player, an upgrade over Marcin Gortat, that I thought he would really have an impact in getting them to a top five, top six in the East. The way that this season is shaken out, I think he's done as far as being a top player, as far as being a starting caliber player in the NBA. If he gets another contract, it might be as a 15, 20-minute bench player who might play... 50 games at most because of his injury history now. I mean, a back injury is a hard thing to overcome, especially at this stage of his career. And a deep buttocks injury is even harder to come over. Perry knows a lot about that. But to go even further, <laughs> he's Chris is one of the 11 year olds on Twitter with a Dwight Howard's buttocks. <laughs> it's like a burner account. I'm telling you, I swear. No, but in all seriousness, if the Wizards, as I think they will go into full tank mode if they trade away John Wall, they trade away other assets, then even if he is healthy to come back, does he even serve a purpose to help them win if, no. if the purpose is to lose? I hope that he gracefully just fades away because the last five, six years, he's been a joke. As soon as Kobe Bryant sniffed him out... It, it was when he got to the Lakers is when it really started becoming bad for him. That's when his reputation really started tanking. Because his skill level really wasn't was too, okay. too much in question prior to the year with the Lakers. And then when he came to the Lakers, I don't even think we were looking at the skill. We were just looking at what a joke this whole thing was. So we couldn't even tell really. But before that, he was still playing, I wouldn't say at the top of his game, but still pretty close to it. So the rapid decline is very Carmelo-esque, and it's concerning. But I don't know if you guys saw the video of Carmelo Anthony training back in the gym, and I saw someone tweet and said, all team first empty gym. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was enough, hilarious. Enough with the, enough with the hoodie mellow, mellow. workout videos. My dad used to say this about one of my good friends. He called him 3 o'clock, meaning when he came home from school at 3 o'clock, he never missed a shot. But when we went to play real games... Kids can hit the basket. <laughs> no. um, that's what Melo is. He's 3 o'clock. Doesn't miss when you post a video to Instagram. Put him in the game and shoots 1 of 11. That's so true. That's so funny. That's so... So away from Dwight and Carmelo and onto some Kawhi Leonard news. <laughs> Signing a new deal with New Balance. He used to be with Jordan Brand, so terminating that deal and moving on now with New Balance being seen for the first time pregame with a full jumpsuit on of New Balance and, of course, New Balance shoes. But I know it's going to be a multi-year oh, yeah. endorsement deal. and All the nursing homes in America are going to be <laughs> rocking Kawhi Leonard shoes for the rest of their well, hospice day. What are they going to be, like the claws? Like the, the New Balance claw ones. Like I just can't imagine this being cool in any... Support the hell out of your back while you're Mike, are you wearing New Balance? Are you going to be wearing New Balance now that Kawhi is with them? I am absolutely never going to wear that. (laughs) I just want to make sure. One of the rumors that was coming out about Kawhi Leonard with all this chatter last year was he wanted to be into a bigger market 
he wanted out of San Antonio because he wanted a bigger studio. I think that was one of the big things driving him last year. So he left Jordan for New Balance. It's weird. And <laughs> to be honest, I think they're trying to do what Puma's doing because Puma really penetrated the market in a big way this year. And it's something that's excited me as a bit of a shoe buff and someone that really loves the endorsement deals that have been happening throughout this year because they've just been so much more than in years past. Puma came out and signed 20-30% of the lottery picks in the draft and went out and signed household names for us in the NBA. So they have a solid roster now of NBA players when they haven't been relevant in the NBA circles for a long time. And now New Balance, I'm not saying they're jumping in like Puma did, but Kawhi Leonard is a big name in the market. and He's kind of an odd guy. He is an odd odd guy. And that's why I think this is perfect. I don't think I'm going to see kids rocking the new Kawhi New Balances like I'm going to be seeing kids rocking the Currys and you know, the LeBrons and the, the people that are smart with their marketing, not like Kawhi. You're see all the nuns wearing them. No, it'll be like <laughs> it'll hospital be like, nurses. It'll be like second grade <laughs> PE teachers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that will be his market, but it's a niche and he'll, he'll do well with it. And me and Corbin were talking about this. This is a sign that he's going to stay in Toronto. And people called me fucking crazy when I said... There's a 0% chance that he's coming to the Lakers now. He's going to stay in Toronto. And I remember, I think Christian was going at me too, but definitely Corbin. What are you talking about? And there's no 0% chance. I even said the Clippers had more of a chance. This was early on. I know now that might seem like a little bit more of an answer that you wouldn't go really crazy on. But before, you know, if Corbin had Paul George goggles on where he thought it was going to be the same thing. I said, yeah, we screwed up if you wanted to get him. If you want to keep the young core, we did great. But if you wanted to go after him, that was our chance. So now it's not going to happen. I think he's settled there in Toronto. He This endorsement deal shows that he is attacking the brand and attacking his market that he's currently in. And they're doing very well. They're one of the better teams in the league. And Kawhi Leonard's having a very good year. Mike, I'm going to ask you about your thoughts for Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. And if you think another team will be in his near future for the offseason or if you think he's going to stick around where he's at? If they win the championship or if they get to the NBA Finals, I think he'll stay with the Raptors. You think think it's going to take a Finals appearance for him to stay? It could take a little bit less. I think the only team that I would fear if I was the Raptors is LA, but not the Lakers. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. That's what I'm saying. I said the Clippers would be more of a choice. Yeah, I agree. Now the Clippers are actually like a really good team. It seems more plausible than when we first got the reports. And that's what I was saying right away. I said Clippers or Raptors. And if that's if he was coming to LA, I still stand by that. I'm happy I did. And Kawhi is not the kind of guy that wants to be here in the Lakers culture. He likes going to weird places. And and that's not a bad thing. It's just that's who he is. And that's where I think we should think that he's going to go. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is honestly a perfect fit. And I'm glad that he did this. I'm excited to see Darren Rovell's tweet about it being the lowest grossing shoe for any star in the last decade. So we're going to be moving on, guys. Kyle Korver to the Jazz for two future second round picks. What do you think, Mike, about this trade? Kyle Korver goes back to where he used to be draining threes back in Utah. What do you think about this? I love it. It's great, especially with the Jazz struggling so far. He actually got a standing ovation tonight. This was his first game back in Utah. And he's already drained two threes. So it's clearly a, a move that's already paying dividends for the Jazz. The Cavs are going nowhere. So as long as they can get something. The Jazz are in desperate need of shooting right now. And they're sort of in need of a jolt. They needed something to kind of spark them. 
to help push them forward right now because they're a couple games under 500 and they're sort of struggling in the West. It kind of reminds me when the Miami Heat traded for Dwayne Wade again, brought him yeah. back. It was like well, a second round pick and he came in and actually like played pretty well and the crowd received him very well. They right. had those Miami Vice jerseys that were all snazzy and sold out in like three seconds. So right. I think he'll have that kind of effect. I think he'll have more of an on-court effect, but just that nostalgia and that. Yeah. They, they were a good team last year and I think if they turn their season around, maybe he finds himself on one of the better teams in the, in the league. Yeah, he spent 2007, 2008, and 2009 in Utah. Kyle Korver is that perfect guy to add in the modern NBA and he's a guy that stayed relevant for so long because of the role that he's able to play. That's why he was so good next to a guy like LeBron James. Now he's going to be very good on this Jazz team, but I don't think that's enough to really propel them into the top of the West. And right now, I'm just going to ask you who you think's at the top of the West. Since it's not the normal standings, do you still think it's the Warriors, even though they might not necessarily be there at number one? Are they still the best team in the West? I still think they're the best team in the West. I have the ultimate faith that they're going to figure out whatever woes emotionally they have going on. Number two, got to give it to the Nuggets with the best regular season record right now. Jacic playing the way that he is. He's playing out of his mind. I don't know if you guys have been seeing some of these clips, but the passes that he makes at his size is so impressive. And he obviously has range, too. I mean, he had a shot yesterday. He was just fading away. It looked like he was almost throwing a pass that just went in. It was from 40 feet out. Yeah, we tweeted it. It was a foul, and he just, like, pretty much just threw his hands up and just, like, chucked it, and it somehow went in. He has infinite range right now. Right. At at that point, you're just sitting there like, what can this dude not do? And we have to bring this up, Christian and I, because it was hilarious. He was facing off against Wendell Carter Jr. of the Chicago Bulls. This was probably about a month ago. And when getting interviewed post-game and asked about how it was facing such a defensive-minded player like Wendell Carter, he said, oh, he was so long, no homo. Ha. And, uh, and like laughed like some you know, Frankenstein and got fined like 50K. And so <laughs> he's hilarious. He's right up there with like Kristaps Porzingis with like funniest foreigners. Right. Yeah, of the NBA. Those and, two guys. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Boban, too. Boban's up there, too. Boban, whatever is. He's freaking hilarious. Jacic and Kritznap should be like the two guys from Family Guy. They're the foreign guys. Like, oh, so dumb, oh, Ennis, You gotta throw Ennis Cantor in that bit of the creepy foreign <laughs> Steve all, like, Adams. guys. Yeah, Steven Adams isn't as creepy as Ennis Cantor. Well, when you're seven feet tall, it's kind of hard not to be creepy. You're a freaking ogre. <laughs> Like, let's be honest, you're blessed, but you're an ogre. So, Mike, who is at the top of the West for you right now? Is it still the Warriors? And then if it is, who is going to be the next maybe team or two after that? I actually agree. I, I think it's the Warriors. Uh, you know, they're, they're the best until they get beaten. You know, they're 16-9. and nine. I know they're a couple games back of the Nuggets and the Clippers right now. But the bottom line with the Warriors is you have to beat them four out of seven times. And I don't think anybody... In the West, anybody in the NBA is capable of doing it. When the time comes in April, May, June, Durant and Draymond will get over themselves. Steph Curry will hopefully for them be healthy. Clay Thompson will be doing his thing and think they'll be fine when they need to be. They might finish second or third, maybe fourth in the West, but I don't think they care. You still have to beat them four to seven times. They're the best team, even if they don't finish first. I agree. I think the Nuggets, Nuggets aren't that deep, but they have such a great roster. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, as we said, playing out of his mind. Right. I don't think the Clippers have the staying power to be on top. I think the Thunder might be the third best team there. 
I think the Lakers are going to be fine, and I think they'll finish in that 4-5 or five seed, ultimately. I totally agree. The Clippers, I don't think, are going to be able to keep this up for the whole year. I think they're still going to make the playoffs, and it's going to be probably about a 5 seed, maybe a 6 seed, and that might be me not giving them enough credit right now. But I'm just trying to look past right now at the, what, 25-30 game mark of this season to where the Warriors are 16-9. and I don't think they're going to finish number one either, but I think they'll be right there at two. I think the Nuggets will actually keep this up, so I'm in complete agreement with the two of you guys. But I think past that is where it gets a little bit more interesting now. Because the Lakers have really made a push 7-3 and in their last 10 games. And they're now 14-9, and right behind the Warriors. And of course, the Thunder, 8-2 and in their last 10 games. They're at the 3 seed as well. You have the Grizzlies at 6. The Kings creeping in with the Mavericks at 8-9. and Like, what is that? No one could expect this. And you have, of course, the outskirts of Timberwolves, Pelicans, Spurs, Rockets, Jazz. Teams that all have a bunch of stars. Stars. And a lot of money put into these rosters. So to see teams like the Kings, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies playing like this. The Clippers even. The Clippers even. Mike, what do you think about this, the shift change now in the West? It doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> um, I, I was hoping you had an answer because I have zero idea. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to ask you the question, but I'll do my best to answer. I'm not a believer in the Grizzlies. That was going to be my question for you is, where do you see the Grizzlies falling in all of this? Right now they're six. They just added Joakim Noah. I can't wait to go to MSG. I'm oh my God, I'm so excited about that signing. On February 3rd to boo him for the oh next God, I can't wait till he gets in some player's face and his sweaty man bun just starts coming out with his knuckleball free throw. Like, I love watching him. He's so fucking funny. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be able to keep this up. I think they're going to finish probably around the 9 or the 10 seed once it gets down to the nitty-gritty parts of the playoffs. I'm just not a big fan of the roster as a whole. To be honest, if there's a team that we're picking between the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and the Kings, I'm liking the Mavericks here. I do like the mix of youth and veteran presence that they have on that team. You know, Harrison Barnes, DeAndre Jordan, they have a lot of players that can add some veteran presence while you add in such youth there with Luka Doncic and DSJ. So the two of them back there at point guard, shooting guard are the most exciting backcourt, I would say, right now in the league for me. And there's some other ones, but that's more me looking for the future. You can debate more, of course, with current skill level with where they're at. But for me, I see that being so fun, so exciting, so athletic, and so different for years to come. And that's why I think the Mavericks really have the right key for success. And adding DeAndre Jordan and other players there, to be honest, were sneaky good moves. That's why... I thought they would have a chance to creep up for the 8th seed. So to be honest, I'm going to stick with that and think that the Mavericks are going to finish probably at the 8th seed. So what about the bottom? So I'm looking at the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Rockets, Jazz, obviously four teams that were in the playoffs last year. They're usually all in the playoffs. Of those four teams, I can see the Pelicans and the Jazz being the ones that propel themselves into the top 8. I agree. 100% Pelicans. And I'm not buying the Spurs the way that they're playing right now. Definitely the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is an absolute monster, and Julius Randle there with him. I think this team got better, if anything, so it's just not really making sense. So we'll see for the end of the year, but I think that they're going to figure it out with Drew Holiday and all the players they have. Losing Rondo isn't going to really cost you that many games, so this is pretty shocking. I do believe that the Pelicans are going to still finish around like the sixth seed. Don't know about the rest of the teams, to be honest. The Jazz, I'm not as impressed with. I was very low on the Jazz coming into the year. People were saying they were going to be the three seed. I said they'll probably finish as like a six seed. 
and wasn't really excited about saying that, that was the one team that I believed kind of made a run last year and it was really didn't make much sense, but they don't have a lot of athleticism on the team. Besides Rudy Gobert, there isn't really much presence on the team that scares me. It's just a bunch of like Joe Ingles. You don't expect anything to come out of that guy and he puts up good production. Donovan Mitchell, he's a monster, but at the same time, he can't run around and do everything. And I hate Rubio. I hate the way he plays. Corver's a good piece now, so I like him. But before that, the Jazz didn't scream top five team to me, but the Pelicans do. So that's what's really concerning me at the end there. And the Kings, Mavericks, and Grizzlies, I have no idea of what's going on there. And Jaron Jackson Jr. on the Grizzlies, we got to just shout him out because He's playing out of his mind. He didn't win Rookie of the Month because it was Luka Doncic and Trey Young because he started coming on a little bit further into the season than the two of them. But he's playing out of his mind too and really taking on a role, hitting clutch shots, showing leadership, athleticism. So Jaron Jackson, he's someone that I'm excited about, but the Grizzlies as a team, I'm not excited about at all. So I don't think they're going to keep that up. For the East, let's transition over there and talk about the Raptors at 20-5, and top team in the league. Is this going to stay the way it is? Do you find them as the best team in the league, Christian? Or do you think they're going to finish with the best record in the league at least? They'll finish with the best record. I mean, they play in the East. That's just all you have to say. Play in the East, they have a really good roster. I mean, they finished last year with one of the best regular season records and look what LeBron did to them. In the playoffs... That's what matters. You have to beat Golden State four times, and there's no way that they're going to beat Golden State four times with how the roster is constructed. Unless there's an injury, no team's going to beat Golden State. Right. And since we're in the East, Mike, you're a Knicks fan, right? I just want to hear your thoughts on the 8-17 and 17 Knicks and their plan for when Porzingis comes back. Do you like David Fisdale? What are your thoughts on the current Knicks situation? Just want to hear it for you, Ra. The Knicks' current situation is the best situation that the Knicks have been in in the last decade. Forget the record. When you watch this team play, they have cohesion, they have chemistry, they're playing hard, and they're playing for each other. Without Porzingis, right too. Right there, that's something that they haven't done. They've been a group of five veterans on the floor, out for themselves, after their next contract. The team is scrappy, the team is playing hard. There's eight lottery picks, eight former lottery picks on this team. And some of these guys are starting to develop. Emmanuel Moutier, who most Knicks fans left for dead before the season, wanted him cut, has really emerged as a legitimate NBA player over the last few weeks. Noah Vonley has been starting for half the season. So they're 8-17. I don't think anybody realistically expected the Knicks to make a playoff run. Myself and many Knicks fans, we want to see progress, and we want a reason to believe in this team. And right now, despite the poor record, I personally have a lot of reasons to believe because of guys like Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks absolutely nailed the 2018 draft. You look at those guys like Moutier and Bonley. Porzingis is coming back. Tim Hardaway is playing out of his mind. I, I, I really like Tim Hardaway. That's, a guy, that's a guy that I like. For Tim Hardaway, it's such a bad team, and there's not a lot of scorers. So he has the green light to take 33s a game. Right. So this is the perfect scenario for him. The future is bright. They have a ton of cap space. Do have a first-round pick, which is always valuable. The Knicks are on stable ground. Fisdale, a little yeah. flaky lately. He's being weird with some of his rotations. All of a sudden, Frank Nielakina can't see the court. But I'm happy with the Knicks. This is the happiest I've been to be nine games under 500 in 
easily 10 years. That is the definition of looking at a negative situation positively and looking at the so I am so happy about being Glass half full. this under 500. I can't even tell you. But while we're talking about the Knicks, because there isn't much more to talk about in the East, which obviously isn't as competitive from top to bottom, and we were already talking about the Knicks. So let's please just transition on to John Wall and the reports today about a potential trade between the two teams, the Knicks and the Wizards. Reportedly, the Knicks are stockpiling assets to make a run at star John Wall. Mike. That's not even mean that they're stockpiling assets. What we assets? What assets are you stockpiling? We have a bunch off. of gold. Like, <laughs> like, like, what are you doing? First off, Tim Hardaway Jr., I love him, and he's exciting to watch, but he's making more money than any of us will ever see in our entire life. That dude stole some serious bread from the Knicks just like Noah did as well. That Those were some of the worst signings. So, Hardaway, you better be performing the way that you're performing with the way that they're paying you. So that's actually... Solid. Let's hear about what assets you're quote-unquote stockpiling for John Wall and if you would even want John Wall, kind of that scenario. Talk to me about that. The problem is, and I tried to use the trade tracker earlier, in order to match up the $40 million that John Wall is making, you have to include Courtney Lee and you have to include Ennis Kanter. Why on earth would the Wizards want those two guys? And then the asset, I guess, is Frank Nielakina. You're really going to trade John Wall for Frank Nielakina? We have assets, like, yeah, realistically, but these assets are more building blocks, they're more role players. These aren't guys that you want to trade, that if you're the Wizards, you can probably get another all-star player or an all-star caliber player for John Wall. I don't think the Knicks are going to trade Tim Hardaway for John Wall. I think they like having Tim Hardaway. The report that came out today, I don't want to bash the media, especially my own New York media, but the guy that wrote the article in the New York Post has a tendency to over-exaggerate speculation. He'll have this speculative idea in his head, and he'll write it as if it's actually a substantiated rumor. I don't think there's anything behind it. The Knicks have half space next year. There's no reason why they would waste $40 million on John Wall, especially when they're in the process of trying to develop Frank Nielakina, Trey Burke, Emmanuel Moody. I'm not saying these guys are the point guard of the future, but you at least have to give them a chance before right. you eliminate your shot at Kevin Durant. They want to have that conversation on July 1st. Whether I, they get him or not, they're not going to take themselves out of the race now. I agree with you. And Corbin, one of our co-hosts that wasn't able to make this podcast, but he'll be on the NFL one with us after this. He hit us up on Twitter when we tweeted this, saying this shows that the Knicks just aren't confident then at being the ability to go get a free agent bit of cap space, assets, anything that they can use to go after anybody this offseason, they'd pretty much be liquefying right now. That was kind of just his point on that and where it's kind of lines up with your logic, and I agree with you both. Why would you go for him now? I agree. Kevin Durant, if you have a chance to go grab him, of course you go after that. And even if you don't have Kevin Durant in the end, I feel like there are pieces that you can go after this offseason to really make this team, you know, take it to the next level. Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, you guys put out way too much money for him at the time, but he was the right player for you, as we all see now. So I believe that with David Fisdale, who's one of my favorite coaches and was at Memphis, I love that he's a player's coach. After that rant that he had postseason about the statistics and everything, it was hilarious and made me love him and that fire. And his wife is blazing fucking hot, so I'm so... <laughs> So I'm sure y'all have seen her picture and, you know, what she looks like. So shout out David Fitzdale. You know, shoot or shoot. That's what I'm talking about. Right <laughs> but so. yeah, I mean, my last thought on John Wall is, 
said, it just doesn't make, the timing of it doesn't make sense because the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs with Wall. And if you don't get Kevin Durant, that's fine, but at least put yourself into a position to try. If they don't get Durant, the guy that I'd love is a fallback. I know we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. It's Tobias Harris from Long Island, New York. He would be an excellent fit next to Hardaway and some of these young guys. But the biggest issue I have with John Wall is the way that the Knicks are playing right now, they're playing for each other. And there's actually chemistry in New York for the first time in a long time. And John Wall will destroy that. They hate John Wall in Washington. Yeah. You can see it. I was at the game last night, Knicks-Wizards. I had pretty good seats, so I could see up close. He comes to the bench. He puts his head down. There's no, no one sticking their hand out. No one's tapping him on the back. He hits the ground on a hard foul. No one's extending their arm to pick him up off the ground. They don't like him. Scott Brooks is being paid to be a babysitter. And that's why it's a shame. He's going to get fired at some point, Scott Brooks. It's not his fault that nobody in that locker room likes John Wall. I actually stood next to the Wizards GM, Ernie Grunfeld, before the game. Guys were walking off the court from warm-ups. He goes, yo, Mark, yo, Keith, Mark Keith Morris, what's up? And gives him a little hug. Ian Mahimi giving him a little fist bump. Bradley Beal giving him a little pat in the back. John Wall just walks off with his headphones, doesn't even look at his boss, doesn't even look up at the fans. He doesn't care. He's just tuned out. He hates everybody. I, that's not a guy that you want in the New York Knicks locker room. It's not a guy that you want in any locker room at this point. So Mike clearly doesn't want John Wall on the Knicks. And <laughs> you started telling us a story during soundcheck a little bit, but when I stopped you, I wanted to hear it live. I have good success that I was with my dad. My dad went to high school with Glenn Consor, who is the radio announcer for the Wizards. Glenn came up to us before the game. We were talking. I heard some things about John Wall, which is why I'm on fire right now about this. I don't think I'm allowed <laughs> to say those things on air. But you I say, heard you can say whatever you want. Bernie Grunfeld, who used to work for the Knicks, now the Wizards GM, like I said, apparently him and my dad know each other. I never knew this until last night. So Glenn walked us across the court at the Garden up to Ernie Grunfeld, and I was listening for 20 minutes about stories about how Ernie Grunfeld was my dad's camp counselor and how really? my dad just broke every record in sleepaway camp, hit every My dad's an unbelievable basketball player. Sadly, he only played for Queens College. What I was trying to bait Ernie into doing is, and I was trying to be polite about it, knowing that the Wizards are going nowhere, just give him a 10-day contract. Let him sign on the last day of the regular season when he's <laughs> out of it. I was trying to bait him into signing my dad. Like, come on. Get the jersey, just so I can get like the player t-shirt and walk around New York in it. I don't know if he was going for it. He'll probably be fired, sadly, <laughs> before the last game of the season. But really nice guy. And it was cool hearing stories about how my dad was playing basketball when he was 15 years old and Ernie Grunfeld was the camp counselor. That's crazy. That's actually really oh my cool. God. What a cool story, seriously. Did you have fun at the game last night? It was a blast. It's always lost a blast. Loss, yeah. but, and again, it was a loss, which is good, in the R.J. Barrett chase, not the Zion Williamson chase, the R.J. Barrett chase. Thank you. Oh, my but, God. Th Mike, we're on the same page. Literally, <laughs> this was a week or two ago, I looked at Christian and Corbin in the face and said, R.J. Barrett will be a better NBA prospect overall than Zion Williamson. And they called me, again, crazy. Does so he I dunk did. basketball you know, good? I, no. <laughs> dunk basketball good, good basketball player. Okay. <laughs> you know, I put this in one of my articles this morning. It's Bleach Report and a couple of other media networks have posted articles in recent days about the Zion Williamson chase. Zion Williamson's not going to be the number one pick. He might be the flashiest, and he might be the most exciting player, but R.J. Barrett, from a basketball perspective, is the best player, the most talented player in the 2019 draft. 
I completely agree. You he took the words the right ball. out of my mouth. And he does dunk the ball. Shut Just up, not, as well. Just <laughs> not as well. So let's talk Giannis. Such an animal. Being one of the players of the month along with Tobias Harris, who you brought up just a few minutes ago. So we're going to read their stat line real quick and we'll talk about them. Giannis with 27.6 points per game, 13.2 total rebounds, 6 assists, just absolutely monstrous on that side of the ball. And then, of course, for defense, a steal and a half and 1.3 blocks, just dominant. And Giannis is one of those players that when he runs down the court, you have to just sit there and awe. It's like three steps and he's at the basket. It's literally insane. And his body has grown faster than I think I've ever seen a human Girl, you see pictures of him coming in the league like this, what, four or five years ago? It's like he a was double puberty. A twig. And then now he's one of the most ripped people around. It's actually insane. But let's talk about Tobias Harris. What do you think about him? I know you already started talking about him, Mike. If you have any thoughts on Giannis, you could throw that in too, but it's really just, oh my God, he's a freak. We always can just can repeat that. But Tobias Harris is a guy that we didn't expect to be putting on this kind of year so far. So what is your initial thought on Tobias Harris? Before I read what his stats are this year. Also with John Spurs, I'm really, really excited for Christmas Day when the Bucks play the Knicks because of what happened the other night oh, with, with Mario, Mario. John just stepping over him. Right. So Jonas did apologize yesterday, but his apology was, I'm sorry that I said it, but I mean it. And I, I can't wait to see those fireworks on Christmas Day. But I noticed that you'll read the Tobias Harris stat line in a second. I'm blown away by him. Seeing Mario Hazonia or whatever, who's clinging on to an NBA career by a thread, step over Giannis. You know, might as well have just rubbed his nutsack on his forehead. It was one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. And do you know how white Mario Hazonia looks also? <laughs> when I saw this video, I was like, damn, I thought he was a little bit more Italian than that shit. And I saw, I was like, this dude's really stepping over Giannis right now. That takes some balls. And afterwards, he put out some, like, stupid quote, too, that was, if you can't handle the intensity... You know, this Stay place is not for you. New York's not the place for you. And I was like, you know, how many games are in 500 are you? And how many points a game do you score? And it's just so funny because you have to just pick your battles sometimes. And I think, Mike, you could just agree on that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Zonia is the least swaggiest player. <laughs> you have to put far. him up there with top five least swaggiest players in the league, <laughs> for sure. That's so funny. But yeah, Tobias Harris putting on quite a year. In 23 games so far, 21.6 points per game for the Clippers. 8.4 rebounds, 2.3 assists, and of course on the defensive side of the ball, half a steal and half a block, so he's not quite the same defender as Giannis, but doesn't matter, just putting up such a monstrous season. He's been playing for, what, about seven years now, and he's been with Milwaukee, Orlando, Detroit, and now with the Clippers, and it just seems like he's never really found his place, and now obviously the Clippers with the success that they have, do you see him sticking around past this year? Because I know you just made a comment a few minutes ago about how he'd be such a great fit. Do you think he's going to stick around next year with the Clippers, and do you think they're going to keep it as is there? I think it depends. I think if they get Kawhi Leonard, he's gone. If they can get another star, he'll probably be gone. He looks great. And for his career, he's averaged 15 points per game, so I'm blown away at how he's all of a sudden developed into this all-star caliber player. Him and Lou Williams are a great one-two punch. Yeah, definitely. If the Clippers strike out in free agency... I can see Tobias Harris basically putting down roots in in LA and being part of their long-term plans. It's not a bad place to put roots down. Me and Christian could tell you that (laughs) right now. Yeah, the weather's pretty nice. Just one last bit of news before we sign off here. Chicago Bulls fire head coach Fred Hoiberg, a guy that was really respected in college but never really 
had that transition to the NBA. So long to Coach Hoiberg, but the Bulls definitely need a culture change there. So we're signing off here. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 38. Mike, such a pleasure to have you on and so excited about the future for us and being part of the Unwrap family. Christian, obviously such a pleasure as always. So thank you guys so much for listening to episode 38. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. You can follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. And Mike, your Twitter handle? M-S-S-C-H-N-E-I-D. Check out MikeDropSports.com. Perfect, yeah. And of course, check out our website that's going to be dropping in just about a week or two. We're going to be having articles from us, from Mike, all types of people, Adam from Fantasy, all of our rankings for all types of stuff, and keep an eye out for everything that we got going on. Thank you for listening to us. Till next time.